This is the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Peter Creek, we honor God by making more disciples for Jesus Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged with this week's message from Pastor Kelly Baldridge. chapter uh, 4, Mark chapter 4. This is a passage that we may or may not have considered together in Mark 4, but we have looked at this story in Matthew. And so today we want to take time um, to be um, encouraged by this passage here together as well. Let us pray uh, as we begin and we seek the Lord's help uh, as we look to his word. Father, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask for your mercy and for your help. And Lord, uh, strengthen us in the good news of the gospel. Help us to look to Jesus and find life and hope and help and peace. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Uh, I want to begin just by asking a, a couple questions. You know, how many of us live in fear of what today holds? Uh, what about tomorrow? How many of us have great griefs, great sorrows, great fears? We live our lives in f- the fear of things that are large and small. We're afraid of the dark. We're afraid of losing our job. We're afraid of um, losing our family. We're, we're afraid of dying, perhaps. Uh, and in, even in this season, we're afraid of catching COVID. We're, we are looking for something or someone, though, uh, to relieve us from our fears. We are looking for something to provide us with comfort, with hope, and with peace. And the question is, will we find relief? Can we find relief? Does anyone care for us? And so we have this text before us of Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 31. And in this passage, it is the story of Jesus calming the storm, a familiar passage to most of us or all of us, uh, one that would be worthy of mentioning and considering today. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of the Lord. In Mark chapter 4, this passage comes expressing to us that Jesus had a plan to reach one of those whom the Father had given to him 
that's what he says about John in John 17, that the Father gives him certain individuals. And he also has a plan to reveal more about himself. Now that happens in chapter 5. But here in this section of chapter 4 of Mark's gospel, there is a goal to reveal to us the greatness of the Savior to sinners, to make us more familiar with him, to help us to grasp who he is or even what he is, and to understand how that would change our view of him and then also how that would change our lives by viewing him in this way. So in this passage, I want us to consider three changes from negative to positive that occur in the scene. First, there is a change from a great windstorm to a great calm. A great windstorm to a great calm. Verse 37, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. And then in verse 39, And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So how do we go from this great windstorm to this great calm? Now you need to understand that this is not a simple storm. These were fishermen, Peter and Andrew and James and John, that were in these boats, were fishermen who were used to storms. Those who fish for a living would have known and understood a storm coming about and brewing and they would have been able to withstand most common storms that they had endured. But there was something different about this storm. It, it was a windstorm that arose, and it was causing the waves to break, and it was causing them who were in the boat to, to see that Jesus was not on with them working and trying to fix uh, this issue and trying to keep the water out. They were concerned for their lives. So it wasn't a simple storm. This was much worse than what they were used to. It was a storm that even scared these fishermen. Now this storm is just like life. Uh, in our lives, we have storms. Now, as cliche as that may seem to speak about the storms of our lives, I think it's still fairly appropriate. Uh, J.C. Ryle said that if you were a believer you must reckon on having your share of sickness and pain, sorrow and tears, of losses and crosses, of deaths and bereavements, of partings and separations, of vexations and disappointments, so long as you are in the body. Christ never undertakes that you shall get to heaven without these. He has undertaken that all who come to him shall have all things pertaining to life and godliness." But he has never undertaken that he will make them prosperous or rich or healthy, and that death and sorrow shall never come to their family. Oh, what wisdom that is for us. For when we consider the storms of life, we would much rather these storms not be there. We would much rather uh, be on the calm of the waters without having to fear or to worry or to be concerned with those things that come our way. But here in Mark chapter 4, we see none of that. And we actually see a picture of our lives. That there are many great windstorms that arise. The waves are breaking into the boat that we are in, and it feels as if we are going to sink and die. But the Lord never promises that we will not have these storms. 
But he does promise that we'll have everything that we need according to Ryle, according to the word of God, pertaining to life and godliness. That we'll have everything that we need to grow in, in righteousness, to go, grow in faith, to grow in Christ, to be conformed into the image of his Son. We may not have those things that will make us prosperous or rich or healthy. And we may not experience a life without death. In fact, we won't experience a life without sorrow and grief and turmoil. But the Lord promises to be with us in the storm. The Lord promises to care for us in the storm. Now, this storm is no accident. Um, this didn't just happen. This is not Mother Nature. And, and I hate the fact that we often will say uh, things about life and what we do based on Mother Nature. Uh, that's not biblical. Though the storm is no accident, the Lord had much purpose for it. The disciples, if they had trust in the Lord, would not have panicked if they would have considered this one that they had seen teach in such a mighty way that they would consider this one that they had seen do some great works before them already, they wouldn't have panicked. Yet they did, and like them, we often panic in our lives. And in many cases, for us right now, we are panicking. We are concerned. We are worried. We have anxiety. Our panic is the result of not trusting in the Lord. And so in this passage, you see a great windstorm that becomes a great calm. And so we want to consider why that is. Well, a second change that happens here is that Jesus goes from resting in God's sovereignty to bringing rest as God. Do you see this in the passage? Jesus Christ was fully man. That the Lord Jesus reveals a little bit more about who he is, that he is indeed human. Why do we know that? Because the Lord Jesus was tired and he needed rest. He sleeps in the stern on a cushion. It wasn't just that he would sleep, but he actually slept on a cushion. There was a want of comfort in him. He is fully man. Even the Son of God needed to rest. Even the Son of God became tired and sleepy. And so what does this tell us? It tells us about his humanity. It tells us uh, about who he is, that he is the God-man, that he is the one who is God, and he became flesh at the incarnation as we prepare for this Christmas season where we celebrate the incarnation. He is fully man. But yet, we also see Jesus' complete trust in God. Jesus here is asleep on a cushion in the stern, and he is sleeping as one who trusts fully in God, that as he is in the boat, he is not worried about the storm because he knows that God, the Father, is in control. He knows that God is above the storm. He rests because he trusts in God. But we can compare this into the Old Testament and you remember Jonah actually slept. And in the Bible, there's this picture of sleeping and trusting. But Jonah's uh, sleeping was actually that he had trusted in himself and that he had made the right decision to flee 
from that great city that he would go to and preach the gospel to. And so he rested in his own disobedience, whereas the Lord Jesus here rests in the fullness and the trustworthiness and the goodness of God. Mark shows us that the requirement for us to trust fully in God is being fulfilled, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who fulfills it. You and I do not trust fully in Christ as we ought, but the Lord Jesus Christ trusted in God fully. We do not trust in God as we ought, but Christ has fulfilled that. And so we have to look to him as what this is moving us toward. Well, then we also see here that Jesus Christ is fully God because notice what he does. He awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And then what are the words that you would expect if it was any of us? Oh, well, the winds continued crashing in, but that's not what we hear. Instead, we read, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. From a great windstorm to a great calm, from Jesus resting in God's sovereignty to Jesus showing that he is indeed God. The wind ceased. The wind ceased. He who has the power over the wind is the creator of the wind. And so Jesus, when he says to the sea, he says, peace be still. In the Old Testament, Moses, when he told the Israelites about creation, explained the instrument of creation in repetitive fashion, and God said, and God said, and God said. And so here Jesus says to the sea, peace be still, just as one time in history past he would say to the sea, be formed. And then thirdly here, the disciples in this change, go from being angry at Jesus to having a fear of Jesus. What do they say? Teacher, do you not care? Do you not care that we are perishing? Well, what does this teach us about the disciples? Well, first, they tried to fix the situation on their own. Before they go to him and they see that this is happening... They try to fix it themselves. That's what we see in Matthew's gospel, that they try everything and anything that they knew how to do to fix this, but then they realized that this storm was not like any other storm, and they needed help, but they had tried to fix it on their own. And isn't it true that oftentimes in our lives when turmoil comes and when struggle comes and strife comes, we try to fix it on our own, and friends, we need to know that we can't can't we can assume as fishermen they tried to handle the boat though but the storm was not like any other storm and they needed help from the master so this left them in fear for their lives and it leads them to being angry at jesus they asked him teacher do you not care that we are perishing how often have you said something similar especially during this season lord do you not care that covid is spreading Lord, do you not care that our country is in turmoil? Lord, do you not care that we are divided? Lord, do you not care that we're not able to meet on Sunday? 
in person together. So we say things like that, like the disciples. They find Jesus asleep, seemingly not caring about the life or death situation they have found themselves in. This is the disciples, and this is often us. But then what does this passage teach us about Jesus in this moment? Well, Jesus shows his tenderness toward his people, where we might expect not a strong rebuking of the wind, but a rebuking of the faithlessness of the disciples, we do get a rebuking of the wind. For when we hear the words of the disciples say, do you not care that we are perishing? I would have, as I was in that place perhaps, rebuked them. Oh, do you think I not care? Oh, who are you to say that? But that's not what we hear. Rather, we hear the Lord Jesus' tender mercy and gentleness toward his disciples. And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. His first action is to rebuke the wind, to help them in their time of need. And then he says to them, and Jesus doesn't just deal with our situation. He also deals with our heart. Now we have to remember that because oftentimes we want the Lord to deal with our situation or our circumstance. We want him to change something. We want him to make it better. We want him to make it easier on us. But you need to see that Jesus is not coming to defeat just the storms in your life that cause you poor health or that cause you physical struggle or physical anguish that the Lord Jesus came to deal with your heart because he said to them why are you so afraid have you still no faith the Lord Jesus is dealing with their heart and their lack of trust why are you not trusting me why are you not trusting in God. And so Jesus, in his speech here, is demanding fear of him. Rather than fearing the storms, they ought to fear him. And as he does this, what no, you notice what happens. They were filled with great fear. But it wasn't a fear of the storm. It wasn't a fear of the circumstance. It wasn't a fear of the situation. Because they said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus demands fear of him that in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our sorrows and our griefs and our struggles and our anxieties and our pain and our, our lack of comfort, that we would not fear those things but that we would fear the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we've learned anything when we covered Ecclesiastes, and even we've seen this some in Galatians, fear of the Lord is not this being afraid, like you're afraid of a storm, but it is a worship, a reverence of God, that you put him first. That is a, a matter of priority. That is a matter of trusting fully in him and not in other things. So what does this teach us? 
It teaches us that we can trust in Jesus to calm the storms of our lives. This may sound cliche as we've mentioned, and we're not to expect every storm that we face to be calmed. Yet how we react during the seasons of turmoil will reveal the condition of our hearts. Fear is the appropriate response to Jesus Christ our Lord. Just as Jesus gave peace to the disciples, he gives peace to us. And so here we see another gift Jesus gives to the disciples. Faith. Faith. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? They were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The gift of God in Christ is a gift of faith that we would trust in him, that we would look to him. See, faith is that you carry with you such a deeply rooted fear of God that you have hope and courage where you would usually have fear. That's what faith is. That you trust God so much that all of these other things that are thrown at you, all of these other things that come your way, don't even seem to phase you. They don't even seem to, to, to hinder you. They don't even seem to stop you because, because God is greater. Because Christ Jesus is more powerful and more mighty. And so, friend, do you rest in him? Do you believe in his power to defeat what you couldn't defeat? Does your fear of him overwhelm your greatest fears? See, the greatest storm in our lives is sin. Again, that's why Jesus came. That is what he came to defeat. That is what he came to do when we speak of him coming to deal with our hearts. You cannot defeat sin just like the disciples could not defeat the storm. And so it's only the fear of God that can stop all other fears. So we must answer the question of the disciples. This question that they ask is an important question that you and I must answer as well. Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is Jesus? During the season of COVID, some of you have lost loved ones in recent days. Some of you are battling your own struggles with health. Some of those who listen are perhaps even dealing with the loss of income. Some are struggling, and, and I would say this for parents. I mean, I, I know that many parents are battling because of the ordeals that this has caused for their children in school. And even our kids are struggling themselves with a fear and anxiety that comes from not knowing whether they'll go to school the next day, whether they'll get to see their friends again. But you do need to realize that the answer to all of those issues is for us collectively, even as individuals, to look to Jesus Christ, to trust in him, to see that he does care and that he does love and to find much peace in him. So who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is Jesus? Thank you for listening to this week's message. If God has used this message to influence you, or you would like more information about our church, connect with us on the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Facebook page. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages from Pastor Kelly Baldridge.